I'm Des Zuckerman. Welcome to my podcast, The World of Sacred Healing, where we learn about and discuss the magic and the mystery of the spiritual life and the deep healing of the soul. As the last rains of winter fall and wash away all of the dirt and the grime from the last year, We're now starting to see rainbows everywhere. And I'm reminded we're in the month of March when St. Patrick's Day happens. March 17th is celebrated all over the world as a day for the Irish, Irish luck and Irish wishes, the rainbow and the pot of gold at the end of it. So in my new book, Magical Beings of the Natural World, I wrote about leprechauns and the leprechaun that I met when I traveled to Ireland. I hope you enjoy this excerpt from Magical Beings of the Natural World. Leprechauns Leprechauns are a type of Irish fairy. They dress in greens and browns, and the older males and some older females may carry a thing called a shillelagh, which is essentially a club used as a walking stick or a weapon. They're portrayed in folk tales as cantankerous, magical creatures who are difficult to understand. And if they want to, their magic can change your fate in the blink of an eye. But on a whim, understood only by the leprechaun, they can cause harm if somehow upset by a breach of decorum. The legends about them are associated with money and a pot of gold that can be found at the end of the ever-present rainbow of the Irish countryside. If captured, they will buy their freedom from you with unimagined riches. They are shapeshifters and almost always have flaming red hair when appearing in their human-like miniature form. What makes leprechauns famous are their very strict rules about human interaction. The slightest little misunderstanding is liable to set them off and cause your luck to turn. They're fickle and feisty when offended, which can happen at any moment. I've only seen one once when I went to Ireland in 1970. Naturally, I went to Blarney Castle to kiss the stone that enables you, if it's your destiny, to become a great storyteller. Walking up the path to the castle from the car park, I was startled to see a little man, about 18 inches tall, dressed in the garb of an 18th century gentleman. He looked like he was middle-aged, with bright blue eyes and a craggy face. He wore a kelly green waistcoat and well-worn shoes with a slightly raised heel that had buckles on top. His plaid knee socks pulled up under brown trousers that fit just below the knees were very distinctive. He stood on a rock on the right side of the path with his broad-brimmed hat pulled down over his eyes. Tufts of unruly bright red hair gathered into a ponytail at his neck. Dark blue smoke curled up from a pipe held in his teeth and his hands were shoved deep in the pockets of his trousers. A large watch fob draped across what appeared to be a vest. I stopped in my tracks. 
and stared at him amazed. Of all the places to see a little person. Suddenly, looking right at him with no warning, a wave of exhaustion swept over me, and I actually fell asleep on my feet for a split second. My whole body relaxed. I felt myself falling toward the ground and jerked open my eyes that had been closed only for a moment, just to catch myself before I hit the ground. I was no longer tired, but now seated on the big flat stone was a large ginger cat with a gold chain around its neck that was suspiciously like the watch fob the leprechaun had been wearing. He sat watching me, looking directly at me in the most disarming way that I spoke to him, asking where the little man had gone. He didn't move, but stared back at me like I was a mouse or a bird he might gobble up without a thought. I was caught in his gaze until he abruptly jumped off the stone and went into the bush. Heart pounding, I hurried to catch my friends as they started to climb up to kiss the Barney stone. And I knew I would always remember my leprechaun. After I saw him, I felt my long, silent Irish heritage awaken in my blood, imprinting his face and his form into my heart forever. For a long time, I thought about how I could see him in his detailed and curious appearance, and even more mysteriously, how he could recognize me. As I traveled through Ireland, sights and sounds felt familiar and resonated deeply in me. I became acutely aware that a real relationship with magical beings was essentially baked into my genetic memory. Everywhere I went, there was a feeling that just behind the curtain existed a whole magical world. It was as if the doorway to fairyland was hidden behind every hand-cut stone. My connection with the leprechaun seemed held somewhere in the collective unconscious. My relationship with him was ancient. I learned that mysterious beings had the power to draw memory and awareness up and into the conscious mind, into the present. The leprechaun was my teacher. Thanks so much for being with me as I read to you from Magical Beings of the Natural World, my new book, which you can find on Amazon.com. You can catch the link below or look at www.yoursacredanatomy.com for a link to the Amazon site. Looking so forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much for joining me. I've loved spending time with you. Please don't forget to leave a review. Visit us at yoursacredanatomy.com.